Hello everyone, welcome to episode number 19, of Starting to Know Business Podcast with your host, with your friend Ishu Singh. We never stop learning, right? Even consciously or subconsciously, we never stop learning. And Starting to Know Business Podcast is all about that. But with a twist, you are learning here only about business. How to run a business, how to start a business, or how to grow a business. So if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, stay tuned. In this episode, personally, I learned a lot. And you are also going to learn a lot. If you are a repeat listener and you're listening to this podcast for the second time, third time, I will really appreciate your five-star review and an awesome feedback. Maybe you can give me your honesty there as well so that I can learn what I should improve in order to bring you more value in the upcoming episodes. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to issuesing.com, I-S-H-U-S-I-N-G-H.com, issuesing.com, and you can learn more about me from that website. If you want to sponsor this show, you can go to my website again and send me a message there, and I will be in touch with you as soon as possible. If you want to watch more of my content, you can go to YouTube, and the channel name is Issue Sing. You can watch the videos there, not the podcast videos. It's going to be totally separate video made on different topics like SaaS, apps, and much more than that. In this episode, I will be interviewing an awesome guest with an unbelievable story. This guest's name is Hector Lopez. He is a CEO and a co-founder of InstaSize. This company or this product was started from $600 prototype and now it's having hundreds of thousands of reviews on iOS and on Google Play as well. And this has been a completely bootstrap journey. If you don't have money, if you're not able to raise money from investors, don't worry. Hector Lopez's story is going to tell you a lot and you can implement in your business as well. I cannot control more. So without further delay, let's welcome Hector. Hi, Hector. Welcome to the pod. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Hector, what is InstaSize? So InstaSize is a photo editor and video toolkit um, that's made for creatives. We're available on iOS and Android. It's, the whole purpose is really to provide um, creatives on social platforms, the ability to create content easily and quickly that can stand out visually in the sea of content that's being generated right now. Mm-hmm. Hector, how, why did you pursue the InstaSize business idea? Like, did you notice anything which motivated you to pursue this business idea? It was actually pretty quick. Um, we were, me and my, one of my co-founders were still going to school, um, who I actually like grew up with since I was like about seven years old. Mm-hmm. We were trying different business ideas at the time. And then one day I came across a couple of guys making $80,000 a month doing um, paid app, also making, looking at paid apps mm-hmm. and making them free and adding an ad business model on top of it. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking, I'm like, wow, $80,000 a month in app, for an app. So I started thinking of what we could do, what we could do. And then one day it just hit me. I was like, oh, you can't fit a whole photo that you put on, that you take with your iPhone mm-hmm. onto Instagram or onto Facebook avatars. So what if you just like put the rectangle image on a square background, that way you can fit the entire photo. Mm-hmm. So I just ran over to my friend and I'm like, hey, 
let's do this. And he's like, well, what do we call it? I'm like, let's call it Instasize. And then from there, we just basically tried it out. And how we validated the idea was more so we found a market for the, the problem, which kind of helped us validate our efforts rather than just having serendipitous luck and more so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, how was the starting days? Like, uh, did you code the app yourself or your teammates? No, actually, we so when I we came up with the idea, we had no idea. I was going to school for biz, uh, for uh, to become a doctor, mm-hmm. and my friend was actually going to business school. So none of us had tech experience, and so we hired someone on Elance from mm-hmm. uh, Pakistan, mm-hmm. and so we paid him six hundred dollars for the first iteration, and it was ready in about two days. It was super slow, but it actually worked like how we expected it to work. And so we got an app. We had no idea how to actually put it onto the app store. Mm-hmm. So we tried to figure that out and finally got it up to the app store. And that's when we just started growth hacking our way to getting more people to understand what it was. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. And okay, so even till now, uh, so none of the co-founders are having tech experience. So you basically hired someone for doing the technical stuff. Even now, this is how you're working, right? Exactly. Yeah. So like now, now me personally, like I've understood tech a lot more, and I'm able to do basic things. But that's not really my job. It's mm-hmm. um, yeah, we have dedicated like a dedicated CTO who's been with us for years, and he handles pretty much the entire. Technology, technological aspect of the product. Mm-hmm. And Hector, how did you validate this business idea? So, okay, you you said that, okay, uh, you talked to your buddies and you you discussed that, okay, you're going to develop this app, you developed this app, you launched it, and how did you validate it? So that means you, so you were getting the users when you actually initially published or it was a slow process or you, you saw some money. So how was the business idea validation happened? Like, was there some kind of traction initially, like when you launched it? So, yeah, that's, that's where the thing, like where people get caught up in like creating a product and not really having a, an audience for it. So we went out and said, where can we find people that are complaining about this or like this needing this product? So, Mm-hmm. The, at the time, 2012, um, Twitter was really big, and a lot of younger people were using Twitter as like a way, as like an escape from uh, Facebook. And the up and coming Instagram was another thing. So um, that's where they really shared their thoughts a lot. So we would search on on Twitter like hate Instagram cropping, um, Instagram cropping, Instagram crop, and we would see just a constant, literally literal firehose of people like just complaining over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we would just create fake accounts on Twitter, tell them about the the app to be with a link, and then keep doing that until we get shadow banned by uh, Twitter, or we get permanently blocked by Twitter, and then create a new account with a new email and start over again. We basically, I'd wake up like in the middle of the night, create an account, start tweeting people, and then get banned, and then just keep going for 24, like basically all day long, every day. <laughs> and that's what really gave us the initial traction when people started telling each other rather than us as the basically the fake accounts telling them. And that's what started growing that word of mouth. Wow. I must applause. This, this, this was a great move. Uh, like <laughs> I would say the like ideal way to bootstrap. Like if you, if you don't have the money, right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, Hector, like, uh, okay. You, so you were basically messaging the people, right? So 
that this is your app idea or this is a link where you where they can download the app were there any kind of problems where people were saying that okay why you are sending the message or like some kind of spam or why why are you spamming me because i've noticed oh, yeah. like yeah all the time we'd get that all the time people would be like oh leave me alone or like you're a bot or you're spamming me but then we didn't care we just kept going and then other people would be receptive and be like oh thanks right and like they would like you could see them share it to other people in the future and then we would actually like once start understanding that we go back to the lit to the the query of hey instagram cropping and we'd search down and people would have already responded as other people saying oh this is use insta to fix this use insta to fix this. that's when we started understanding oh we know we're no longer being needed here and we can like let go of the of the of the hack and now people are generating that organic word of mouth that we were initially trying to create oh man awesome this is great and in society in society is completely bootstrap business right even till now yeah so right now it's just completely bootstrap from the funds we've received it was kind of interesting because we launched on um the on black friday Mm-hmm. So everyone was out and doing their thing. And that's when we started telling people. And it was just amazing how we saw $7 in our ad mob, uh, Google ad mob account saying that's how much we made. And we're like, wow, that's amazing. So ever since that point, we've never taken um, any outside funding. It's only been us three mm-hmm. and we've been being reinvesting the comp- reinvesting uh, profits into the company and growing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this is pretty cool. And like, I want to ask you like from a one in kind of like a little bit in depth to the topic where you you mentioned that you messages messaged people and the people were downloading the app. So uh, the question is like, were you using different kind of links? Because nowadays, like the systems are so much sophisticated from Facebook or from Twitter. If you try to send same link, even with different profiles, they try to shadow ban that link itself. So did you notice any kind of problem at that time or, or no? No, not really. We, the only link I would use would be the one that you get from the Apple app store. Mm-hmm. And so just use that one and keep using it over and over. And I would use it. And then my two co-founders would also do it at the same time with different accounts. And we'd get banned after, after a while of using it, but it wouldn't be like an automatic, like or second time of using it within a certain period. It was pretty easy. So the initial phase was on the, the Apple store, right? Not on the, on the Google store. Exactly. Yeah. We didn't launch on Android until so we came out in November. We didn't launch Android until I'd say January. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay. So was there any kind of reason that you see that people tend to buy or spend money on Apple instead of like on Android? That was the motivation or you just went with your instincts? Um, for us, it was a little bit of a little more ease of understanding the iPhone. There were only a few models to be able to create for it as, as far as an app. And we really didn't have that much understanding and having the fragmentation in the Android market was kind of a concern. So we said, let's just do, we know what we, we use Apple. Let's use, let's do Apple and then we'll figure it out after that. So that's why we decided to go with Apple. Mm, cool. And uh, so did your business have the monetization feature in the beginning in the version one or so when was the time when you actually introduced the monetization the SaaS subscription model yeah we really also the the old monetization model was the ad-based model and we released that day one that's when we found out oh cool we made seven dollars and so from then on we were ad-based for a good while up until 2017 where we switched to subscription model okay okay 
So you experimented with the ad model for a couple of years, I can say that. Then after that, you switched to the SaaS, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So were there any kind of like kind of problems from the customers? They were saying first it was free, so let us use free. Why are you charging us? Or you basically gave them the advanced level functionality, so there was no problem like that? So what we did was... We basically built on top of what was existing mm-hmm. in the app. So we would create additional functionality, which would be hidden behind the paywall rather than backtrack on existing features and not give them out. So that's how we took the approach and basically created a freemium model where everything that was in the app, like our borders, we would create additional borders that would be part of the, the subscription in addition with like filters and adjustments and just anything that we would basically want to create. We want to make sure there was a free and a premium tier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. And I, I was I was checking on Google Play Store, like about your app. You have approximately 900,000 reviews. Wow. <laughs> this is huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hector, I, I really wanted to ask you, like if you would have to choose one, like uh, which one would you choose for your success? Was your product unique or it was the right time to launch the product of your type? What do you think? The timing was right or the, the product was right for the market at that time? I know it's a similar kind of thing, but still, uh, there's some kind of difference. Yeah, I, I'm very big on like, it was, it was more so finding the audience, right? And at the right, the right time is because the audience is there. Like that's, if the audience is there, that means the time is right, right? So it's kind of a symptom of, of finding the right audience. And we found the audience at that time. Had we, right now in 2020, you won't find people complaining about Instagram cropping because it's no longer a thing. Therefore, it's not the right time because the audience isn't there, right? Mm-hmm. So. For us, 2012, people were complaining and we found that audience and we served the solution to them. Therefore, that's what created our success. So yeah, you could say it was the right time, but I, to me, it's really about the audience and finding that audience and making that connection. It's, it's, it's really what drives a lot of products today. Mm-hmm. So, the, so the growth right now is all, right now is happening on its own kind of organic or you have some strategies as well going on because I love the way that you initially growth hacked the system. So now I want to, I really want to, I'm curious. I want to know that. Okay. Is there any other thing that you are doing nowadays? Of course, like there is, if there is something unique uh, or something proprietary for yourself, uh, like I'm okay with that. But if there is something that you can disclose, like I would love to know about that. Um, so right now we, we don't do a lot of like the growth hacking that we did before. Um, mm-hmm. We have a lot of organic people inflow coming in still to this day. Um, We average about, I'd say, iOS and Android, probably around 30,000 downloads per day, even that. And um, depending on the 30 to 45,000 downloads. Um, But majority is still organic. There is some little little bit of um, paid acquisition that's happening, traditional paid acquisition that you would see typical like Facebook ads, search ads, type of stuff. Basically, how we try to view and grow organic is how do we take a piece of our users' lives and have them amplify our product to others? And that's really what it comes down to. Like, look at it on anything. The most shareable content or the most shareable things you find are what allow you as a brand to grow. And that's what we try to look at and try to see how we can be part of those instances in in our users' lives. Cool. So picking up on the trends that are happening and grow with that, right? Exactly. Yeah. 
Awesome, awesome. And any uh, any thoughts that you would like to share with us if someone wants to bootstrap their business sector? Yeah, I, I think audience is the biggest thing. Like always making sure you understand the audience that you're going after. And if they will tell you yes or no that this is a problem in my life and I'm willing to pay you for it. Because if you, most people have, like have a cool idea or a great idea and they think it's going to work, but they don't really marry the the product with the actual audience and they just think that people will pick it up eventually mm-hmm. and they'll find it somehow. It's just the, the world is just so noisy that trying to f- have someone find your product and making sure that they're the right person that you're actually targeting is mm-hmm. the most difficult part. So understanding where to find that audience and who that actual person is and basically stereotyping that actual user, that's going to help you be more successful in creating whatever it is that you are. Mm-hmm. So focusing more on customer persona and customer discovery first, I would say the, uh, the best thing to do, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Hector, where can we learn more about you and your business? Um, so we have our website, insights.com, where people can learn more about the product itself and also obviously the, the App Store product pages. But for the most part, that's basically it, where you would be able to find more information about that. Awesome. Thank you so much, Hector, for coming to the pod today. This means a lot. You're welcome.